Uh, it is official. Uh, I'm re reliably informed this morning that we are to have a royal visitor. Um, I, I have pulled quite a few strings uh, to uh, have this honour bestowed upon us, but uh, I just want to say that the Queen is planning to drop round just a little bit later on this morning. Obviously, it's all been hush-hush, and uh, we haven't been able to sort of divulge it in advance, but... Um, uh, sadly, she missed us the service at St Paul's, but she wanted to be particularly here with us this morning. Uh, she missed the Epsom Derby as well, but she particularly wanted to be with us this morning. Obviously, it is a, it is a huge honour, um, uh, a little bit last minute, but um, I think it would only be right to give her a right royal welcome as she arrives. Um, so uh, I, um, I've got this special chair ready. Uh, a little throne for her to sit on. I think that seems appropriate for someone of such uh, significance to our country. Um, but of course, protocol does demand that we do uh, do the, the, the right thing in terms of bowing and, and curtsying. So I just wondered this morning if we could have a little bit of a trial run this morning. So uh, for the men, if you won't mind just standing up and just giving us a little bow, that would be very helpful. Thank you, excellent. Can I just see how it's... Yeah, not bad, not bad. We'll have one more practice practice later on. Now, the, the women, it's a bit more tricky for you. This is this curtsy thing. I never quite got my head around that. So fortunately, um, there she is. Um, apparently, Kate is the expert in curtsying. So I've given a little picture there, a little bit of a clue. If you're not quite sure what to do, never done it before, maybe. So uh, women, if you wouldn't mind just standing up and just uh, showing your stuff. And excellent little curtsy. Fantastic, great to sit down. Yes, um, good. Actually, the younger people seem better than the older people there. I'm not quite sure why. Anyway, excellent, good. Um, do you know, it still feels a little bit sort of average. Um, Martin, you've got your trumpet there. Uh, would you just mind, there's a little fanfare where she arrives. It'd be, it'd be great. I think it'd be great. Just, yeah, just give it a <laughs> So just to make it quite clear, um, at some point in the service, you might have a little practice run on that. Um, I'll just say, Her Majesty the Queen, and then we'll do all we need to do. So perhaps the, the bowing and the curtsying first, and then Martin, if you could just sort of chime in with a bit of fantastic, brilliant, excellent. Um, oh, exciting. Um, I don't suppose anyone here actually knows the Queen on a, on a personal level. Anyone had a chance to talk to the Queen? Hands up for talking to the Queen. Um, well, I, I don't like to brag about this, but actually I, ha I, I did get to meet the Queen um, on, on Thursday. Uh, there were a few others there as well, but it was quite exciting anyway. Um, uh, I don't know whether you are a big royal fan, but I thought it would be good just to be have a, a little chance to test your knowledge. You, you know like a little quiz. I thought a little quiz on the Queen. And let's see how we do. I, I'm hoping that some people will do very well in this. Um, but anyway, here we go. So a little quiz on Her Royal Highness, the Queen. Okay, first question. This is a, this is a straightforward one. Um, Her Majesty the Queen became queen in which year? If you're not sure, <laughs> there's a chance you might better do the math here. So is it 150, 53, 52, Any hands who happen to think they know this? Go on, Paul. Get one up. 1952, you think it's 1952? Excellent. 
You're right. In fact, that picture was taken on the day that she became queen. It's a sad day in some sense because it was the day that her father, George VI, died. And she was in Kenya at the time. But that was the day that she became queen. Of course, next year, 53, was her coronation, the, the formalising of her being the queen. Okay. Her Majesty the Queen's place of birth is now a posh hospital, a Chinese restaurant, an art museum, a BMW showroom. Anyone got any ideas on that one? Well, I'd have a guess. Not quite. I think Josh is having his hand waved. What, what do you reckon? You think a posh hospital? I would have gone for that myself, but actually it turns out it is a posh Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and there is a plaque to show that she was indeed born there on the 21st of April, 1926. Let's see if we can do a bit better than this one. How this one? Uh, one of the Queen's jobs is to regularly meet the Prime Minister. How many Prime Ministers has she, has, has she seen come and go? Crackling, crackling. There's a few hands here. Yes, you, yes. 18? Not far off, not far off. Anyone want to hold it? Yep. 16? We're getting closer. Yes. 14. You are right, 14. Actually, that is the 15th, and some of us might like him to add, actually, her to add one more to the uh, come and gone, but we won't, we won't talk about those things uh, uh, this morning. Good, excellent. 14 prime ministers come and gone, still serving, still reigning. Right, yeah, a prime minister, uh, it was indeed. Her Majesty is a great lover of animals. I think we know that, don't we? Um, which of the following animals does she own? An elephant, a pair of turtles, a pair of corgis, a jaguar, a pair of sloths, or a doggy. Some shouting out the front there, but uh, I, I, I. I think she owns them all. Julie, you think you, you, very good to see you, by the way. Um, you think that she owns them all? She does. Um, by the way, I just thought I'd let you know, she does own them all, and that is a doggy which is a cross between a corgi and a duck's hand. And uh, apparently the queen was the first to do that. It was her sister's dog. And Well, let's not go into details there. But anyway, uh, so there we go. That is a doggy, by the way. And she has all of those. Most of them are not in the palace. They are in the, muse in the London, muse London Zoo, I think. So there we go. Great. Okay, next question. Which of the following is not a nickname that has been used of the queen? Okay. Gan Gan, Lilibet, Gary, Cappage... Cabbage and poppets. Anyone, anyone want to guess on that one? Maybe they know. Yes. Gary? You think Gary? <laughs> anyone else? Yes. Gangan. Gangan. Okay. The answer is poppet. Apparently, poppet is the name that Prince William calls Kate. But all those names are names that the Queen has been called. So Gangan was called, I think, by her great-grandson, her eldest great-grandson. Lilibet, as you know, was, was her name that she called herself because she couldn't say Elizabeth and became the name that Prince uh, King George used of her and others have used of her. Cabbage. 
I'm very sorry, sorry to say, Prince Philip occasionally referred to the Queen as cabbage. And Gary, I believe that Gary is the name that Louis used when he fell over once and couldn't say Granny and called her Gary. And that stuck for a bit as well, apparently. There we go. There you go. Pop it, the only one that's not been used of the Queen. OK, we're almost there. Uh, here are a list of statements about the Queen, which the following is true. She and her driver can ignore speed limits. So that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, she can travel without a passport. That'd be very useful in the current regime. Uh, uh, she can't be arrested. She doesn't need a driving license. She doesn't have to pay taxes. Any, anyone, got any, any, anyone got an idea? Which, which one of those is, is, which of the following is true? Travel without a passport? Yes. Any others? Uh, ha, ha, this, is, this is the trick one to catch anyone out who's still doing very well in this quiz. Uh, they're all true. Someone can hear mutterings that she does pay tax. She does pay taxes. She doesn't have to pay taxes. Isn't that nice of her? She actually chooses to pay taxes. Very good. Excellent. There you are. The answer is yes. She has all those. Last one. Uh, of which of the following is the Her Majesty the Queen not an avid follower? Horse racing, pigeon racing. Arsenal FC, EastEnders, and Jesus Christ. EastEnders? I, I think she's watched it, but she's not a big fan. But she is a big fan, a big follower of all those other things. Arsenal, that's quite surprising, isn't it? That is surprising. Uh, but also a follower a sincere follower of Jesus Christ. I don't know how you did the quiz. Anyone get all, the, all of them right? Excellent. I've already chuffed. Excellent. So the Queen is a real follower of Jesus Christ. Oops, I've gone too fast. And we're going to watch a little video here. Just that gives you a little flavour of her life and a little flavour of her faith. It's not long, but uh, enjoy this video. Brilliant. Well, I was thinking about the Queen and this faith that she has in Jesus. And I was thinking, actually, I think she is really and truly a real follower of Jesus. And I was thinking, uh, that video, in one sense, makes it clear, doesn't it, that her faith has shaped her and her life from the start almost to the very uh, present. Her uh, faith hasn't just been there for special occasions. It's been part of her life, day in and day out, in the highs and in the lows. And I was thinking, what does it look like to be a real follower of Jesus? And how does her life show us a little bit of what it means to be a real follower? So I thought a few, five things that I thought help us see what a real follower looks like as we look at the faith of the Queen. And the first thing is, uh, a real follower is someone who relies and depends on God. Uh, a real faith in God is about trusting him with our lives. It's about wanting to go his way and, and his, go along his good path rather than go along our way. It is about being a follower and letting God lead us. That's not something that we do naturally. 
But as we do follow him, it does mean living life with God, enjoying his presence every step of the way. Uh, Just before the queen uh, was crowned, uh, exactly a month before she was crowned, she prayed this prayer. She said, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Keep me from wandering from your ways. Help me to trust you, the truth, and be filled with your life. May your Holy Spirit teach me to live the right way, to be truthful and filled with your life, living to please you. Now, in some ways, the path that the Queen chose uh, uh, or walked was one that was pretty unusual, I would say. Uh, She hadn't, as we saw, expected to be Queen. Her, Her father didn't expect to be King. And I think for both of them, it wouldn't have been a path that they would have chosen for themselves. But it, but it was a path she recognised that God had chosen for her. And again, here are some words that she said just before her coronation. The whole of life is a journey to God. I have not chosen this office, this job, for myself. God has appointed me to it. My prayer must be not what I will, but what you will. And because he leads, I must follow in complete trust. I was thinking, I wonder if we could say that about our lives. Say that to God, not your will, but my will. Uh, he leads, I must follow. Of course, uh, when Jesus leads us, uh, he does give us actually all that we need for the journey. That's great, isn't it? And, and one of the most precious gifts that he gives us is the Bible, is the Bible. Now, on the, the day of her coronation, the queen got some pretty special gifts. Okay, here are some gifts that she got. Oh, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, okay, I'll come back to that. Um, anyway, uh, just out of interest, I discovered this week that the queen has a history going back in her family of people who read and loved the Bible. And uh, here's a couple of people uh, who were part of her family. So here's the first person. Uh, this is the Queen's grandmother. Apparently, the Queen's grandmother would read the Bible and do that with her children too for one hour every day. Isn't that amazing? There we go. Uh, that is the Queen's grandmother. And then a little bit later on, you might recognize that lady in the middle. That is the Queen's mother. And there on the right is the Queen, on the left, Queen uh, Princess Margaret. And apparently, uh, the Queen Mother used to read the Bible to the Queen and her sister. And particularly loved reading the stories of Jesus in the Bible to them. And actually, if you know the Queen, one of the things that she uh, particularly loves are the stories, the parables of Jesus. And you might know she particularly loves the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, when, the, when the queen, um, go back a bit, uh, when the queen was again about to be uh, coronated, she said these words, the teachings of Jesus Christ have served as my inner light. I was thinking about that. It's, it's great, isn't it, to, to go through life in the light rather than in the dark. If you're trying to, to navigate uh, in the dark, it's very difficult. It's very dangerous, actually. And she says, actually, the Bible is like the light that guides her 
in her life. And actually, I think what she says reflects what the Bible says about itself. Here's a king, another king, uh, King David, saying something similar. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So I wonder this morning, are we living in the dark or are we living in the light? The Bible, the Queen says, is the light that we need. And so I think if the Queen were here this morning, and obviously later on she'll be joining us, uh, I think she would say to us, uh, get every opportunity you can to read the Bible. Apparently by her bed, there is a very, very well-used Bible. I wonder if our Bibles are well used. I wonder if we read them uh, as lights to help us live and know God. Well, if, if you don't know the Bible very well and would like to read it more, chat to me. I'd love to know how I can help you to engage with this amazing gift that God has given us. So here's something interesting. On the day that the Queen uh, was uh, her coronation, she was given a number of special gifts. So here's one of them. Um, this is the, uh, the sword of state. Encrusted with uh, jewels, gold, all kinds of things. Pretty impressive. Not bad, eh? Uh, she also got given one of these. This is the orb, the sovereign's orb. Um, she was also given, of course, a crown. St. Edward's crown. It's got a few diamonds in there. Perhaps it's worth, worth a few pennies, I think, I believe. But this is interesting. This is what someone said to her as she received a Bible as she became queen on the day of her coronation. It said, our gracious queen, to keep your majesty, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Not orbs, not swords of state, but the Bible. Here is wisdom. This is the royal Lord. These are the words of God that give life. Well, I haven't been given an orb. I haven't been given a sword of state, but I have been given a Bible. And that is a great gift to receive, the greatest gift that we can receive. Another thing I thought, this is true of the Queen, I think, in a quite a unique way, but quite a remarkable way. Uh, she points, I think, others uh, to Jesus, both by her life and also her words and example. So... Uh, I bet if, if you're the queen, you, you have at times to have to bite your tongue. Apparently the queen, you know, the queen keeps a diary. Every day she writes in her diary. Just imagine what's in there. Apparently we won't know till about 75 years after her death, which I won't be around for, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, anyway, but she keeps a diary. I'm sure we make, make very interesting reading. But one thing she hasn't kept quiet about is her faith. In fact, she once told a whole bunch of Christian leaders uh, in the Church of England, she told them some of these words, what matters is holding firmly to the need to communicate the gospel with joy and conviction. I think lots of churches need to hear that too, don't they, today? And they can get distracted from all kinds of things. And often, I think, it's been striking, uh, when... Speaking about Jesus has become more difficult and unpopular. The Queen has been doing it more and more. If you notice that on her Queen's Christmas Day speeches, she becomes more and more clear and specific about Jesus. She talks about him, I think, often in a very simple but also a very winsome way. 
Uh, one newspaper, um, not one that normally says things positive about Christians, uh, uh, said these words. In recent years, uh, she has declared her faith and, and become more clear as societies become perhaps less clear. I thought it was very interesting. Um, sometimes it's true, isn't it? What we most want in life, we show, don't we, but often what we most want for our children. Notice that? I think that's true, isn't it? What do we most want for our children if we have children? Well, this is what the Queen most wants. She said, I would like nothing more than my grandchildren should hold on to Jesus and know him and follow his example. Last thing I was going to say, uh, a real follower holds on to God in hard times. Something I think that strikes me particularly about the Queen. I guess we think, you know, being a Queen or a King would be very exciting, wouldn't it? It would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Uh, certainly at certain times. Last night would have been very cool, that big concert, I think. But of course, whether we're uh, Kings or Queens, whether we're nobodies, of course, life at times can be hard and it can be difficult. And the Queen has had her fair share of difficulties, as that video reminded us of. Uh, just this last year, the Queen had to say, didn't she, goodbye to Prince Philip at that funeral where she was sat, sat there all on her own. And that's hard, isn't it? That's hard. But actually, a real follower of Jesus discovers that uh, Jesus is trustworthy, not just in the good times, but also in the tough times. And that's one of the things I think has been particularly powerful about our Queen, uh, her trust in God when her faith has been tested. Again, in one of her Christmas Day speeches, uh, through a difficult year, she said these words. For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. I like that word, anchor. It's a good word, isn't it? Anchor is that thing that keeps your life secure when everything else is shifting. Boats have anchors to keep them when the, roll, the, when the, when the winds and the, the waves are, are buffeting a boat. It gives it security. It gives it steadiness. I had a friend uh, as a kid called Old Joe. His favourite hymn, you won't have heard of probably, but this was the hymn, it was, Will Your Anchor Hold in the Storms of Life? And I remember singing at his funeral, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows, the waves roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. The Queen has an anchor. And actually, it's wonderful in the church like this to see people who have that anchor, particularly in difficult times. That is a mark of a real follower. So, a real follower, someone who trusts God, trusts Jesus, someone who depends on and treasures his word, the Bible, uh, someone who wants others to know Jesus and speaks of him and shows him through their lives, someone who knows Jesus as an anchor. Uh, even in tough times. I was thinking this morning, uh, if we were on trial for being a follower of Jesus, would there be enough evidence to convict us, to find us guilty of that uh, crime, being a follower of Jesus? I hope there would be. I hope that uh, not just when we're in the, in the public eye, when we're gathered together, but I hope that in the details of our lives, in our relationships, um, we would 
show some of these marks of being a real follower of Jesus. I guess when we think about those things that mark us as Christians or should mark us, it's true, isn't it? Sometimes we don't always live, do we, as those who are followers of Jesus. That's true, isn't it? I think often, if we're honest, there are times when we don't live as followers of Jesus in the way that we should. One more thing I want to say about the Queen before we finish this section. A real follower is someone who receives and offers forgiveness. A real follower is someone who receives and offers forgiveness, Jesus' forgiveness. It's good to know, isn't it, that we have someone who we follow who forgives us when we don't follow very well. And the Queen has been very clear about this important thing called forgiveness. It is the heart, as she said, of the Christian faith. It is in forgiveness, she says, we feel the power of God's love. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about something that happened a number of years back. The Queen shook hands with someone called Martin McGuinness. Not a big deal, is it? It was for her, because uh, Martin McGuinness uh, was a member of Sinn Féin, and reputedly to be behind the, uh, being a member of the Irish Republican Army, the IRA. Um, a while back, her cousin, Lord Mountbatten, was killed by an IRA bomb. And it was believed that this man that she was shaking hands with was the man behind that bomb. And she shook hands with him and showed uh, forgiveness. How does she do that? That's hard, isn't it? I think it's because she knows God's forgiveness. In fact, she said, Jesus Christ stretched out his hands in love, acceptance and healing. As that video said, uh, although we are capable of acts of great kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, as the Queen says. She says that. From our recklessness, our greed, God sent into the world a unique person, not a philosopher or a general. They're important, but a saviour with the power to forgive. So we're going to come to a time now where we confess our sins to God, knowing that he is a God who has the power to forgive us, especially when we don't follow him in the way that we should. So we're going to say some words that will appear on the screen as we confess that we need a saviour, a king who forgives. So let's say these words together on the screen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you to say sorry. We are sorry for the wrong things we have thought, said and done. We are sorry for living as though we are in charge. We are sorry for ignoring Jesus, your King. We are sorry for the mess we make of your world and our lives. Through our selfishness and greed. Please forgive us and change us. Please help us to follow and obey Jesus. Not only because we ought to, but also because we want to. Help us to show in our words and lives how good it is to know Jesus as our King. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing again. Good. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, we're coming up to that later on. Good. Okay. We're going to think a little bit about... Uh, the royal who serves us. And we're going to have some readings in a moment. And Antonia and Tom Phillips are going to come and bring us our readings. Before we do that, 
Her Majesty the Queen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, yes, right. Um, I think we can do a little bit better. I mean, when she comes, I really hope that we know. It'll be all right in the night, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, we're going to have our readings, and Antonia and Tom are going to come and give us our readings. John 13, verse 1 to 5. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. This is the word of the Lord. The next reading is Philippians 2, verses 3 to 11. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Brilliant. Thank you very much for reading. I think they are two of the most extraordinary Bible passages in the whole Bible. And we're going to spend just a few minutes thinking a little bit about what they say and what we discover about Jesus. So let me pray as we come to think about these words together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is that greatest gift that we can receive in this world. A gift that points us to you and to your gift of life. Father, we pray that as we think about these words, just for a little while this morning, that you would open our minds and our hearts, that we would know the person that these words speak of, and serve him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Her Majesty the Queen! Whoa, look at that, look at that. Here she is, here she is. Um... I think she's her. I think it's her. Yes, I think it's her. Um, bows, curtsies. Come on, come on, come on. A little fanfare, please. Excellent. Okay. Uh, 
Wah. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. I, I was, I, I was expecting you to come, perhaps dressed a little more, sort of, I say royally, but uh, I, I thought the scepter maybe, but not the, not the duster. That's interesting. Um, and and you're, you're a little bit late than I imagined. Any reason why that was? Well, it's wonderful to be with you all this morning, but um, I've been rather busy on my arrival. Did a terrible mess in the uh, foyer. Um, I mean, uh, lovely cakes, looks, looks wonderful, but um, there was just, uh, there were crumbs all over the place, and um, I just really didn't know what to do. Anyway, so one tried to locate the, the Hoover, and once one had found it, it turned out the Hoover bag was rather full, so I actually, one had to get down on one's hands and knees and pick up each individual crumb, but it's, it's looking wonderful I mean, out there now. Actually, you shouldn't have done that. So we've got some of our other people to do that, surely. <laughs> oh dear, well anyway, um, thank you very much indeed. How, how embarrassing, have the Queen turn up and she's got to sweep the floor, pick up crumbs with her bare hands, really? Ah, where are the, where are the wardens? Oh, oh. well, I, I really don't want to make a fuss, but when one was looking for the Hoover, one uh, noticed a rather unpleasant odour um, coming from the gentlemen's lavatories. <laughs> And um, so one went in with one's domestos. One had a, a, a good, a good uh, scrub, but the lime scale was very, very resistant. I don't know something about the water around here. Anyway, top tip for you, Andrew. I would, um, I'd get some Viacal. Works wonders on one's bathrooms at home. Well, that's great. Uh, um, uh, Your Majesty, I mean, cleaning the toilets. I mean, how embarrassing. How embarrassing, really. Oh, please, please. <laughs> oh, dear, anyway. Well, um, okay, well, one really doesn't want to moan, but one did go upstairs, and there was a room with sofas in it. Anyway, it had the most terrible smell and just absolute disaster, mess everywhere. One really felt one should read the riot act um, <laughs> to whoever was responsible. Anyway, um, well, uh, well, I, d I don't know who it was, but the smell, it was like burnt flies, I have no idea, anyway, one uh, had a go with the shake and back, had a good go, but I'd really advise you, I think you really need to get some, um, an industrial cleaner to sort that one out. I imagine you shouldn't have done really, I mean, it's awful, I mean, I mean, we didn't invite you here to, to clear up our mess, really, no. uh, embarrassed, ashamed really, uh, anyway, well, what can we say? But thank you ever so much for, for serving us so well. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. It's, you know, I'm here to serve, and I love to, to serve where, wherever's needed. But I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, I can't stay. Duty calls. I did notice the corridor over there. It's looking <laughs> rather disgusting. Toi. Toi. <laughs> Thank you, Your Majesty. Thank you. Oh, oh. oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, extraordinary. The Queen comes to Emmanuel. At first, we weren't even aware that she was here. And there she was, scrubbing, getting her on her knees, picking up the crumbs, going to the gentlemen's toilets, and then going up to the Pathfinder room. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Look, look, look I'm, I'm not picking the Pathfinders, but no, we need to up our game, don't we? Really, really. Anyway, but, uh, but, how, but how am I bizarre? Imagine the Queen coming. And um, we've got all the fanfare ready, but she sort of slips in unnoticed, a bit like a king. 
Jesus. Do you remember how he was born? There was a fanfare, there were some angels, I think, singing, but most people didn't even know that he'd arrived. The king, the God who made the universe, steps into to history, and he goes in sort of largely unnoticed, incognito, as it were. Um, wow. Well, the queen is someone who does humbly serve her people. And we're going to think a little bit about her serving and also how the king that she serves serves us too. If you know anything about the queen, she is someone who very regularly speaks of her desire to serve. I think it's one of the great themes of her life, uh, to sacrifice and serve her people. Uh, If she'd come just as a queen to rule, we wouldn't be surprised, would we? But actually, we we discover that uh, she has come to serve. Often when people have power, they serve themselves. Here we have, I think, a queen who has power and she uses it to serve others. In fact, uh, uh, when she was 21, uh, before she became queen, she said these words, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. The queen said that. Devoted to your service. In her first broadcast as queen uh, on Christmas, uh, she renewed that commitment to serve. At my coronation next June, she said, I shall declare myself anew to your service. Pray that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I will be making, that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. Well, praise God that the queen has had indeed a long life, very long life, but a life shaped uh, by that desire to serve her people. In fact, even at the age of 96, she hasn't sort of hang up her boots, has she? She's still serving us in a remarkable way. Uh, at the last night's concert, if you've got a chance to see some of those, those gigs, uh, the queen uh, um, spoke again about that desire to serve. We heard that again from her. And her son uh, said these words. You pledge to serve your whole life. You continue to deliver. That is why we are here. And what a joy, therefore, to serve her. Uh, To have her as our queen. What a privilege to call her queen and to be one of her subjects. The queen who serves us. But in our readings, we met someone, didn't we, who does something even more extraordinary. Uh, The greatest royal the king of kings, and he does something even more surprising, uh, more shocking, even than the queen cleaning out the men's toilets at Emmanuel. Uh, Jesus came into the world barely noticed, as that second reading uh, claimed. He was the king, the king of all kings. He was the one who came with the power of God himself, and yet he came to serve. He was in very nature God, and yet he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. And his whole life was shaped, wasn't it, by that. Uh, He was born in obscurity and poverty. And what did he do with his power? He served others. That that first reading is remarkable, isn't it? Uh, He knows that he is the one with all power, He has all things under his feet. That's a place of power. And yet he pours water into a basin and begins to wash his disciples' feet. 
the king of kings getting down on his knees and doing the lowliest job, the job that would have been done by the servants and the slaves. It's shocking, isn't it? Actually, Peter was shocked. He was so frustrated. You can't do that. That's beneath you. And yet Jesus ended up washing his feet too. I was thinking, if you could be king for a day or queen for a day, what would you do? I was reading about someone in the Times this, this weekend who thought about what she would do if she were queen for the day. There wasn't too many words of serving there. But our king serves us. In fact, he stoops much more profoundly and deeply than to wash dirty feet. So having come into the, the world as its creator, he stooped to the lowest point by sacrificing himself and becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Came to clean our, not our dirty floor, but our dirty lives. And to take that dirt and that sin and to carry it, even to become dirt and sin for us, so that he might pay for it in our place. The greatest act of serving in all of history. Indeed, Jesus said of himself, uh, that the Son of Man came not to uh, uh, be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, I wonder if we've discovered that at the heart of the Christian faith is a king like this. A king who didn't come to throw his weight around and make demands first, but a king who loved us and gave himself in sacrifice and service for us. It is a joy isn't it, to, to serve a queen who serves and to submit to her rule. Just imagine how wonderful it is to serve and submit to Jesus, the one who serves us in this remarkable way. In fact, we discover, don't we, that as we serve King Jesus, it's not slavery, it is freedom and joy. So let me encourage you this morning, if you uh, don't know this king yet, personally and you haven't yet experienced the joy of serving him uh, well today would be a great day to start that journey so do grab a gospel as you leave and discover more about him what he's like and what it would be like to serve and to follow him as we find ourselves served by our king uh, just as it, it has inspired many of us, it, so it inspired uh, the Queen. Yeah, at the heart of our faith stands uh, we, uh, our faith stand not a, a preoccupation with our own welfare and comfort, but the concepts of service and sacrifice as shown in the life of and teaching of the one who made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant. As we discover that we are served by Jesus, so we start to live lives, don't we, that start to serve one another. And we're going to sing a song now that picks up that great theme of our king who is a servant king. So let's stand and let's sing together. <laughs> Short time of prayer uh, to the one uh, who serves us by listening to us and responding to, it, to us as we speak to him. Actually, in the many places in the Bible, we find that we are encouraged to pray for our leaders so it's great to be able to pray for our queen this morning. 
And again, reminding us of what she asked for when she became queen. Pray that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn, pro- Solomon, the solemn promises I made and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. So it's good to pray uh, for the queen and for other things as well. And our uh, Williams family are going to lead us in our prayers this morning.